How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. During commercial breaks, we're looking up the contract of gigs to see if we can add a receiver to this receiving core. Maybe we'll get into that. Coming up at 1220, we have audio of Amari Cooper talking about his injury situation. Obviously, a huge game Sunday afternoon. Cowboys hosting the Packers. It's going to be heard right here on 105.3 The Fan. And one of the things that has been really good this year, if you've missed it, you need to be paying attention to it, and that is the Cowboys happy hour that our own KT Fun Tweets hosts. He rotates out different guests. So it'll be someone from the fan. Uh, Me, Ben, and Sean have all been on there. Uh, I believe you're having choppy next week, aren't you, Tizzle? couple guys from DallasCowboys.com. Last night we had Mickey Spagnola and Brian Broaddus, and then a Cowboy legend who last night was Jay Novacek. And so it's really fun, lively conversations. And in talking about the Packers game last night, Broaddus threw out something, conversation that I had never once considered, that I thought, man, this makes so much sense when we start evaluating quarterbacks. And obviously the reason we're talking about this is has Aaron Rodgers lost a little something? Is he still a top three quarterback? Uh, do you still fear, oh, my God, he's going to beat us by himself and all these kinds of things? And so we were talking about levels of greatness. And, you know, right out the gate, uh, Novacek is like, ah, he's one of the 25 greatest quarterbacks of all time. And, and then they started talking about this. And Broadus said, you know, one of the ways that I gauge this is when you look at Joe Montana – He did everything he did before the salary cap era. So he always had the same offensive line for years and years and years, kept that team together, was able to just roll. And that's not taken away from his greatness, but how many times have we talked about this, Ben? One of the most important things a quarterback can have, even more than weapons, is just great offensive line play. Yeah, it's everything. If, you know, it's offensive coordinators look smarter. Quarterbacks look better. Receivers look better. I mean, time in the pocket and those guys don't get hardly any uh, credit for what they do but it's the most important thing I I like to ask this question to to coaches would you rather have a dominant quarterback in a weak offensive line or a dominant offensive line in a weak quarterback most of them would take the dominant offensive line yeah I'm with you and the other thing too you got to consider as you talk about legacy and some of those kinds of things dude when you have a great quarterback that had a terrible offensive line his career shorter because he gets beat up I mean, Aikman, I think Aikman retired at 34, 35 uh, because he had a great offensive line. But before that, he had a terrible offensive line and he got destroyed. That's how a guy like Ryan Grigson can make Andrew Luck retire at the age of 30. But one guy's incompetence in scouting and drafting players uh, can lead to, you know, shortening of careers and changing the whole uh, annals of time. And so Broaddus' point is that I got to evaluate guys differently. Uh, I've got to look at pre-salary cap era guys because they just had a, a, an, an advantage in that regard. It doesn't mean Montana wasn't the greatest or second greatest, but it does make you look at Tom Brady, who most people think is the best quarterback, at an even higher level, right? Because he did it in the salary cap era. But how did he do it in the salary cap era? 
he's by all accounts taken some, I mean, he's made great money, but he's taken sometimes a little smaller piece of the pie because the whole team can end up getting the benefit of that. And that kind of leads us back to Dak, right? Dak is at this juncture. If Dak wants to have a Tom Brady-style career, getting the most pie is not conducive to that. Right. And, and look, at, uh, look at the Cowboys receiver situ- uh, situation right now. So we're talking about um, Stephon Diggs and, and him being available. And something's going on there in Minnesota. And so he's staying away from the facility. It sounds like there's going to be a trade. He signed a five-year deal. Like, if you wanted to entertain something like making your offense better, you can't do it if, if you're going to take the whole payroll, you know, and, and take the biggest p- piece of the payroll. If you're going to get $40 million a year or $35 million a year, you can't even consider something like that. And probably you can anyways. Right. Yeah. But you're looking around and you're like, okay, wait a second. And not, not to overreact from the Saints game, but all right. So a dominant corner basically took Cooper completely out of the game and no one else could get open. Seriously? And so if you're a quarterback, you've got to look at this and say your success is dependent on so many other variables. To your point, Skin, you better be able to afford to keep that offensive line. You better have weapons around you, guys who can actually win matchups and get open. And I don't, you know, if if this became a trend all season long where, oh, my God, Cooper's compromised. People are taking him out with one corner, and all these other guys can't get open. You would certainly love to be able to entertain going out and getting a, another. So some disgruntled wide receiver demands a trade. You'd want to go in there and get that guy, but you can't if you're if you're ha- if you're hamstringing your entire cap. I'm so glad Ben brought that up because it ties to two things here that we're already talking about. Number one, New England went after Antonio Brown, and hey, if Diggs is available, I'm sure they're sniffing around that because there's a lot of argument now that Gronk gone, Gronk is gone. They just don't have as many weapons. Can you depend on Gordon? Some of those kinds of things. And we're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time. You still have to have weapons. And then back to the initial part of that conversation, you know this better than anybody, KT. They didn't even keep Cobb. Green Bay has not been able to keep great weapons with Aaron Rodgers consistently. No, they haven't. But it's also like Jordy Nelson, they, they thought he was over the hill. And they thought Cobb apparently was over the hill. When we had their play-by-play guy yesterday, he said, well, check, ask me about Cobb in four weeks. Oh, Because right. historically, week seven, week eight is when the nagging injuries would begin. Right, right. Um, so, like, that's all, that's all interesting. There's, there's not some long history of bringing back guys, but there's also uh, – they paid Devontae Adams, but there's not some long history of you know, elite level. Like, they chose, to not, they chose to not pay Greg Jennings, but they had worked under a philosophy for years of not – re-signing uh, players to big deals. Right. They said, we're just going to restock and draft. Now they got a new GM who's kind of wanting to spend money and spending money on defense. The thing that I go back to is Mahomes, and I know that's a future contract too. I'm kind of doing this with Dak a little bit. Well, with Mahomes, what's Mahomes able to do? Of course, Kelsey's great. Of course, Tyreek Hill is great. But Mahomes is able to make guys like Demarcus Robinson good. And Andy, because of Andy Reid, we'll talk about Andy Reid in the 1 o'clock hour. He can make any running back good. LaShawn McCoy took less money to go to Kansas City because of Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. And he can make a guy named Daryl Williams good. Uh, yeah, Daryl Williams good? And then uh, Damian Williams as a guy. Darwin Thompson might get involved a little later. Just no-name running backs. They're never going to pay any of those runner, running backs. They paid the tight end, who's awesome. They paid the wide receiver to a very team-friendly deal. And then they signed Frank Clark a defensive end and signed the Honey Badger. Like, they went and made moves with defense. Now, they haven't paid... Mahomes yet so does that stop them from doing that in the future right but they won't ever pay the running back 
Here we paid the running back, and I'm not doing the whole you shouldn't have paid Zeke thing. I Sounds was the, like you are. I was in the Sounds camp like of, of signing Zeke, but I, I look at it and what they've done, I don't know that after you signed Dak, what the Cowboys couldn't get done that they wanted to get done. I don't know. You like, don't understand I don't, why I don't know paying that, a guy thirty-five million dollars will hamper you in any way. Well, I just don't know the specific player oh. that that's lost because. Well, of I think it. to Ben's point, though, if it you might want, be Byron, maybe. No, but what and maybe, but also to the point of, hey, man, what if we needed Diggs to put us over the top because of injuries? You can't go yeah. do those sorts of things. But to come full circle on this once again, Broadus's assessment, and I don't know how you felt when he said it, KT. He thinks Rodgers is one of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time. You know, I had this talk with someone recently, and it was basically talking about, well, here's the thing with Rodgers. He was the GOAT for about four years. And then, and that's it. It's kind of true. Mm-hmm. You know, from 2010 to 2015, he was the GOAT. Who was better? And then, and then you go, is that all? A five- or six-year span? And then what? Right. Because he's been hurt. Right. Um, so, and that's something I think you're seeing Rodgers be a little more careful, uh, not running as much, you know, uh, not taking as many hits. He still holds on to the ball for a long time. But, you know, trying to get rid of the ball a little bit. He threw the ball away a ton last year because he was hurt. So that's something that's very important. But, it, like, Brady's so special guy to, that, that would take less and, he, and allow a team like the Patriots, who, by the way, have heard are interested in digs. So keep your eyes on that. What? What is that? Uh, yeah, said, Patriots. I said it Did you just say that with your mouth? Oh, why do you say that on the air? Man, when you look at Aaron Rodgers' stats. Digs to the Patriots. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, in, in you know, if uh, whatever is the league leading stat is uh, is bold in bold print, and it's littered in bold print all <laughs> all over the place. I mean, he had years where he had you know go back to 2011, 45 touchdowns, six interceptions. Yeah, what the hell? That's absurd. I mean, he's had you know years where he had 39, 38, 40 touchdowns. And it, almost every year of his career, uh, outside of two, he's been single-digit interceptions. And most of that with just Nelson and Cobb. Right. Uh, and, I mean, the Super Bowl year did have Greg Jamings. Greg um, Jamings. But I think I, I, they also always had an offense at the time. Back then, what they were doing was explosive, and then it, it got stale because they never got inventive. But also, it, one of their running like, backs got fat. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson's a guy, one of them, <laughs> Feels like every running back they ever had always gets fat. It's so That's weird. So weird. Remember Eddie Lacy? He was huge. They're so cold in the winter. They got to put on some fat. But uh, they're running back this year. Aaron Jones kind of looks fat. It's so weird. Um, I don't know. It might, it might be a cheese thing. Um, mm-hmm. But Russell Wilson's interesting. Somehow they've been able to have a winning team, yep. like no losing record. After, especially after he got paid, he's been paid twice, I guess. Right. But they're not contenders. But they're not. I would say they are contenders, but they're not. I don't know, man. I never think that they're going to go deep in the playoffs. I think they get in because he's great, but they. I never feel like there's significant noise that's about to be made. I feel like they get in, but I never yeah. believe that they can. I'm talking about after the initial run. Obviously, sure. that team was great, and then when those guys started getting hurt and, and, and the team started breaking up, that's different. After that, they, you're right, though. They always were in it to make the playoffs and that's what you do can we get in the dance but once they're in the dance i felt like they uh turned an ankle and couldn't get out there and boogie for very long i think it's another point though if you go back to back to aaron Rodgers for a minute all of their playoff losses you know that they had from i mean the year after they went won the super bowl they started out i think they were they were like 12 and 0 or something like they, they went 15 and 1 the year after they won the super bowl and they snuck in as a six seed mm-hmm. 
But every one of their playoff losses was just the defense giving up 40 points. Right. And it's like, well, you can't pay for anyone on defense. So maybe it is that type of thing. But I just specifically don't know, even even accounting for Dak making 35, yeah, you may not be able to go get a Diggs, uh, an Emmanuel Sanders, or, or whatever you might need to go get, an, uh, an A.J. Green for some teams. But, like, the, the specific guy, I think you could sign Byron and Dak well, we'll and be fine. We'll see, but, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's all on Dak. I'm saying yeah. if you have – if D-Law's taking the biggest piece he can take, Amari's taking the biggest piece, Zeke's taking the biggest piece, Dak, it's not all on Dak. It's just his is the biggest piece because yeah. of his position. If all these guys are going to take the biggest piece, ultimately – it's going to come back to hurt all of them. Sure, You're not, I mean, unless they just continue to be world-class drafters and every guy they hit on in the foreseeable future that's awesome, they just let him walk because they've got another guy coming. All right, let's do this, guys. We're here at uh, Pluckers and Addison. Coming up next, let's get back into that Amari Cooper discussion. Maybe we can dream a little bit for the Texas Rangers. Come join us for lunch at Pluckers and Addison right here on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Thanks, Shippy. It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan, coming to you live from Pluckers in Addison. We got Tolos in the house. We got G-Bag flags, the Tolo flag. It is awesome. I, that is the greatest promotional item in the history of promotional items. People love flying that flag, and I do too. And uh, I love how they made it so inclusive, and it's about Tolo, which stands for Turn On, Leave On. And... Uh, Man, people are standing in line uh, when these things are available. So I think we've run out of them. Do, do you know Big there, Dong? There was Steven, one. Do we, oh, medium Dong. What? We have we have one uh, G bag flag left uh, out here. <laughs> Normal Dong, Stephen. Uh, to my knowledge, because uh, I really just don't know. In intimate knowledge? No, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but uh, we love Stephen. He's got one G bag flag out here, and uh, so hurry up to Pluckers and Addison and grab it. Uh, man, we were talking about this earlier, uh, John Morosi, with this uh, rumor that uh, the Rangers could be front runners to go trade for Chris Bryant, the stud uh, third baseman for the Chicago Cubs. In fact, we have audio of this. Shippy, if you could be so kind, if you I'd would be to. so kind, go ahead and play this audio of John Morosi talking about the Cubs and potentially trading Chris Bryant. So there, I think there's a lot of teams that need catching. And I think that uh, I would mention, again, Texas is, is one moving into a new ballpark. I think his trade value is, is quite good. And, and I think with the Cubs' internal depth there, uh, Caratini can probably play more than what he did this year. Uh, I, I think there is some, some value there for Contreras. And, and there is enough teams, and again, I'll mention Texas most especially, they're going to be a team that if Bryant ends up getting moved, they're going to be a team that the Cubs talk to, and they're also going to be involved in, in trying to just build up their roster ahead of the new ballpark opening up next year. So I would say Texas's farm system is solid, not great, but it's, it's pretty good, good enough. They've got some young pitching there, which is what the Cubs need. They need, some, I think, some optionable pitching to help support and, and protect what is still a very veteran staff. Uh, I, I think that's a really, really good potential fit there. Texas, 
I think probably better gone Contreras even than Bryant, but I think either one makes some sense. I would, I would, uh, if you're a Cubs fan, study up on those Rangers prospect lists in, in the days to come because I think that's going to be a major story of the winter. Wow. Okay, so Chris Bryant's going to be 28 in January. Uh, Nolan Arenado just got an eight-year, $260 million contract, so that's essentially what it's going to take to sign Chris Bryant. He's got two more years of control before he, he reaches that. Meanwhile, uh, you know, his, his uh, opportunities are going to be somewhat limited. I mean, the Cubs' opportunities to get a big return because, hey, if, if you want a third baseman, you can go get one without having to give up anything to go get one this offseason. Yeah, and, and we should say this, too. So this isn't like, a, you know, reporter guy like a Passant or a Rosenthal saying this. This is Morosi, and he's not saying it like he thinks it's happening or he's hearing rumors of this. He's connecting the dots. Okay. You know, yeah, okay. He is, he's going, well, this might be a good fit if this happens. Right. Uh, this is not like some intimate knowledge of that situation. You think? Because he is really good. I think I, th- I would feel differently if it was passing a Rosenthal. Really? I, I would. I feel just as good about Morosi as I do about anybody in the business. Uh, I think he's as good as anybody going, and he has big relationships with the Rangers. So I, I don't know. I, it could be just connect the dots. It, it could be it, but he seems to be really pushing that. But uh, it would take a huge package for the Rangers to be in the mix here. And, and uh, what I was mentioning where you don't you could get a, a similar third baseman, Anthony Rendon, without giving up the prospects to trade for him. Now, you wouldn't get the extra two years of, of team control. And But, you know, I, for the Cubs, I don't know that this makes a whole lot of sense because if they're not going to get – you know, full market value, then why do they trade Chris Bryant? I love the idea of pairing him uh, with Joey Gallo because they're old, uh, you know, uh, youth baseball teammates. They're they're buddies. But, man, it's going to take a lot. And I was trading some text messages with somebody earlier today, just, uh, just, you know, speculating speculating on what it might take to get Chris Bryant. And one of the things he was throwing out was, okay, well, first of all, you start with Willie Calhoun because that's your most impressive young hitter. Again, that's a National League team. You'd have to, they'd have to find a spot for him in the outfield, but he can hit well enough that, I, that maybe they do. Mm-hmm. But he said, and then you, you throw in Hans Kraus and you throw in Brock Burke, and, and that's got the conversation started. Yeah. And so you're, gonna, you're basically going to gut your top, I don't know, seven prospects. You're probably going to trade three or four of your top young players uh, just to ante up and have that conversation with the Cubs. I also don't think it makes any sense at this point for the Rangers to trade any other pitching prospects. Yeah, I feel like the right thing to do, the prudent thing to do, would be a little more roster maintenance, okay? Just kind of keep grinding. If something pops up that's good, go for it. But roster maintenance for one more year, maybe you're able to buy a year of extra fan patience with the new stadium, a little excitement. Hopefully this team wins a few more games, continues to get better and then strike. Uh, but, you know, those free agent class will change over, and guys that you may want be interested in might be gone. I saw Evan Grant of uh, the Dallas Morning News speculating on Twitter. He thinks Josh Donaldson's going to get a three-year deal. So Ooh, maybe that's 37? So maybe that's out of the way. Isn't he 37 yeah, years he's, old? He's an he older is. guy, but, you know, he's in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, yeah, you think he had 39 home runs yeah. this year or something like that? Uh, kind of proved himself uh, in, in Washington. Ron, I mean, in Atlanta, Ron Washington is now referring uh, to him as a player, not a player. Oh, oh that's, that's a big huge, thing. And yeah. the Braves, they do this roll call thing. And if a player's not performing very well, they call him a player. 
But if okay. he's doing well, he's a player. <laughs> so the first day of that Ronald Acuna guy, they do roll call before each game. And Eric Young, the first base coach, goes, Ronald Acuna. And Wash goes, player. And then Ronald Acuna hits a home run, and he's rounding third, and he goes, I'm a player. <laughs> so, that's awesome. You that's sorry to get off, off track with that Braves talk. But the, other, the other thing to consider here is just how hard it is to develop pitching. Yeah. It's just really hard to develop pitching. And when, if you're team building, do you say, all right, we just want the premier position players. Let's build our team around that. And then let's go find Mike Miner, Lance Lynn, tier two, tier three, starting pitching uh, out there uh, that's on the market and find some guys that fit here for whatever reason and get them to outperform their contract and get one stud. Like go ahead and pay for Garrett Cole and then try to figure out ways to find those bargain starting pitchers and make sure that the core of your team are your position player studs. And you have a few of them, mm -hmm. but then you fill them out with guys who aren't going to make all-star games, but you know guys that are solid and serviceable you know what i mean yeah yeah um that's that's another way to, to go about the team building thing but yeah they're going to want your young pitching and you've worked so hard to develop it i mean i think we're all feeling pretty good about brock burke hans kraus is super exciting it sucked to have to part ways with those guys you after know? all this time because it's also controllable pitching I mean, there's nothing as great as, as Cole is. I'm still stressing out over paying him that much money. We, we talk about this all the time. Who are the free agent pitchers that worked out? There's not a lot of them. There's a lot of guys going, ah, oh, crap, we're paying him that <laughs> yeah. much? Right, so true. Lord have mercy. It's usually through trade, yeah. It's usually through trade or you develop a guy and you have controllable guys for a while. So they're kind of to the point where they're starting to feel healthy. I mean, a lot of those guys don't work out. We know that, but... They're at least getting it to the point where, okay, could you have the conversation to where the Cubs would give up on Bryant because of your pitching prospects? To me, if you're at that level of conversation, then maybe you need to take a step back and not let those guys go because it's been so difficult to get back there. Or do you say, listen, we, we like Hans Kraus, we like Brock Burke, we like Cole Wynn, we like Palumbo, we like these guys, but... We think that they're more of like a number four pitcher uh -huh. in a rotation. Right. Like they don't, they don't, if you decide, I don't, you know, I just don't think those guys have the ceiling to be an ace or a number two, then okay. Then uh, you can find other guys who can be number four starters for your team and maybe you're willing to, to ante up. I, all I know is this, if you've been listening to John Daniels interviews on our station, they're going to be players, they're going to be players in free agency they're going to be players when it comes to big trades. They're going to be in the mix on every big Major League Baseball headline as they're in an interesting crossroads. They're, I don't think they're going to contend this coming year, but I think they want to make a giant splash as they move into that stadium, yeah. and this will be a huge stepping stone season. And, you know, as I've said and we've talked about ad nauseum, look, the Astros are killing it right now, and they're going to be good for the foreseeable future. The A's are really good right now. Um, so maybe this coming year isn't the year to push all your chips in and say, let's freaking go for it this year. But I, I think the most interesting guy in those discussions is Mike Miner. Is Miner going to sign an extension to stay here? If not, are you going to trade him? If not, just have one year of Mike Miner and then watch him leave? You got two more years of Lynn, right? Two yeah. more years of Lynn. Two more years of Lynn. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting thing. I would be... Uh, you know, and I would even be, I've thought about this one way. is like, okay, so if I do go out there, so let's say you do give up a lot to get Bryant. 
and then you're like, I'll keep him on arbitration money for two years, and I'm going to go in all in on Cole. Are you more inclined to want to keep Miner even if it's one more year and have three really, really, really one great and two really good pitchers? Because then you would feel way differently about your chances. You'd feel really good about yeah. your offense. You may be, you know, may have questions about your defense. You'd feel really good about your offense, and you'd feel really good about your pitching. I just think you'd still have so many questions. You'd have uh, a question at catcher. You'd have a question at center field. You still wouldn't really have the defensive outfields you want to have. Right. I just, I'm not sure you'd be there. Uh, I would like that. I mean, that would be a whole lot of fun because they'd give them a, certainly a way better shot at contending. They would contend. They would be a contender. But if you're if you can't get over that hump and it's just one year of Mike Miner when you could trade Mike Miner and get three legit prospects for him, you know I I don't know. It really is just going to depend on what they can get for Mike Miner and if that market's out there now because teams are reassessing what they actually need right now during the off season as opposed to smack dab in the middle of the season. Right. If a team out there is willing to say, yeah, we weren't in the mix because we didn't have a shot to win last year and we're kind of evaluating things. But now we will give you three prospects for Mike Miner. We saw what he did. Uh, he got cold. You know, he kind of he kind of fluttered a little bit, uh, sputtered a little bit before the trade deadline, which scared off some teams. Mm-hmm. And then he immediately got it right back on track and finished super strong. In the heat. So, yeah, in the heat. Great point. And so there may be a team out there that's willing to step up and give you a nice little haul for Mike Miner, which would, again, keep the winning window open longer as opposed to using that asset to just go for it next year. I'd like to pose this question to you guys and to our listeners on the Autoflex Leasing Fan Text, 877-881-1053. Would you, and this seems a little irresponsible, but trust me, I'm tempted. Would you offer you, Darvish, four years at $81 million? Because that is currently what he can opt out of with the Cubs. He can, can, right now, he can opt out of four at eighty-one. Would you offer you Darvish four at 85? There's no way in hell he opts out of that. What, why, if you, what if you're offering it and he could come home? Why would you offer that? Well, just I'm having fun here. Trying Dude, to add a picture. I a think, picture. I think based based on, how good he was when he came back? Uh, he was, I remember he had that incredible game and then I stopped paying him. He yeah. was awesome. He gave okay. up the most home runs in all of baseball this year with 33. Don't do, worry about and, that. And guys, don't even do uh, that. Just step back and look at the last three to four years of you, Darvish. He did. Uh, having fun. There he did, no though. He did strike way. out 229 people. He did give up uh, fewer hits than innings pitch, 140 hits and 178 innings pitch, which is always uh, an impressive metric. Sub four ERA. He becomes a an older and more wizened pitcher. I might. Oh yes. I think Listen. I have a better chance of making the NBA All Star game this year than you, Darvish, opting out of four at eighty five. <laughs> four eighty one. Whatever. I think he's still got a little something, but he'll, God, he'll be thirty three next year. I, God, if, I think that's too rich for my blood. If he's on the open market, I think he gets three at forty five. Really? Yes. I think he probably gets a little more than that. He's thirty three. Yeah, get you a little sub four ERA, hundred eighty innings. I mean, so what it costs? All right. I, I just, Man, I also I don't see we're ripping way. off everyone with the Mike hey, Miner and Lance Lynn deal. Those are hey, unreal deals. I also think he's. Um, I think he'd be better here than he'd be better there. I think he'd be I more agree. comfortable here. Um, I would trade right now. I would trade uh, Shin Suchu for him and twenty million dollars. Oh, all right. I would do that right now. But I don't think that's well, – if they're looking to get rid of Chris Bryant, they're yeah. not going to look to add Shin Su Chu, but I but hear my, what you're saying. I'm just saying if we're talking about money here, yeah. then I would do that, and that would help them financially. I'm talking about adding a pitcher so I don't have to worry about adding a pitcher. 
No, I hear you. I know what you Darvish. Because Garrett can... Cole's not going to sign here. No, I know, but I might, but I doubt it. I'm just. Now why? I just, are they going to offer three hundred million dollars? I think they could. I mean, it's dude. They just got a brand new stadium with leather seats and air conditioning and a sunroof. I think they're more likely to do it if they trade for Chris Bryant too. I can't believe we're having this much fun talking about the Texas Rangers when the uh, Seahawks and Rams are playing tonight and Cowboys and Packers are playing Sunday. But hey, sports is fun. And the stars tonight too. uh, I mean, if he would just Just shut shut up, up. just shut up. I mean that. Voice with the words, God, dirty mouth. All right, uh, Pluckers in Addison is where you need to be, and uh, uh, we're not piping Shippy into the restaurant here, so you can come and enjoy your lunch in peace. <laughs> Get on out here. Uh, but coming up next, this is a really fun segment, and it's about the strange superstitions that some of these NFL players have. We'll do it next, right here on 105.3 The Fan. Thanks, Shippy. It's a Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. We are uh, coming to you live from Pluckers in Addison and having a great time out here. So many Tolos have stopped by to say hi. We're grateful that you guys support us and your loyal listeners of 105.3 The Fan. I think we are out of G-Bag flags at this point, but, uh, hey, you just got to know, you need to move with some serious purpose, uh, a sense of urgency if you're going to get a G-Bag flag because those things go super, super quick. Uh, coming up next, we'll have KT's Packers Cowboys Red Band trailer. What does that mean? Before we get into that, no one knows what that means. Uh, I do want to get into an article I stumbled across yesterday, and it has to do with the biggest uh, superstitions and uh, pregame rituals uh, in the NFL. And for each team, there is one. And, of course, for the Dallas Cowboys, it is what happens with Travis Frederick and Zach Martin before every game. Now, if you've been to a game early, you've been able to watch this. You may have heard Travis talk to us about it on the show Travis and Zach get out there to get loose and just to get the feel of the game and remind themselves of why they love football what they love about football and just get loose on a football field they run routes and play catch with each other and so it is it. it is yeah and it's and in the best combination is when Zach is throwing and Travis is running routes and, uh, you know, they, they both love throwing the football. They both love catching the football. And you have these giant, massive humans out there running around. And Travis talked to us on, I think, the week before last about how they showcased a ball that he dropped, uh, you know, on the broadcast. They said, oh, my God, look at this. They dropped one. And Travis said, well, actually, I was a little scared of running full speed into the goalpost. Can you imagine if Travis Frederick at full speed, full locomotive Travis Frederick goes full speed into the goalpost without a helmet before the game? It's why receivers didn't want to play with Zach. He always led them into danger. (laughs) That would be a timber situation. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I just may fall down. I just had this really weird thought. And it's been a long, long time since my old ass played any sort of pickup football. But what if you were playing big up football and you were covering Travis on a route? What would your approach be to that? Would you try to get some space going and then close at the last minute? I know you're not trying to jam him up at the line. Oh, my God. Just playing a little touch football in the yard. He could look at you and knock you down. Yeah, there's no – and and people don't realize. They're always just big old linemen. Dude, he can fly. He is super fast. Like, I get it. For NFL standards, all right, yeah, no, he's – you know, he's going to get smoked by all the DBs on the team. I get it. 
But if you take Travis Frederick and you just have him race like uh, like the top ten fastest guys you find at a Home Depot, I mean, he would probably smoke 80% of those guys, especially, I would say, maybe 90. Especially if it's a race and it's slightly sloped downhill. He <laughs> <laughs> is like a human cannonball. Uh, oh, my God, get out of the way. Travis is going faster than expected. But I love that they just like to get their feel for the game by doing that. And, dude, line, being a lineman is thankless. You don't get the love and attention. And, like, when you fall in love with football, you fall in love with being the quarterback, being the receiver, being a running back, being a DB or something like that. You don't go, hey, you want to go out in the front yard and block each other? Right. Let's let's pretend this is a sweep. I mean, you, nobody dreams of being an offensive lineman. And, dude, it, within the whole logic of that, too, one of the best things about front yard football was utilizing the tree to your advantage. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. so much fun, and dude. We, when we were growing up, it was the Drew Pearson sideline catch because nobody was better at the sideline catch than Drew Pearson, mm -hmm. and it was always the sidewalk in the front yard. Yeah. That's the long, white sideline. Yeah, I always loved just tackling grandma's form tackling. Oh, man. Oh, my God. She had it coming. Yeah. Always great. Yeah. Uh, so this article, it's, you know it's good when it does have Travis and Zach on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> playing catch. That is the best Cowboy uh, pregame ritual <laughs> since Romo would gather everybody today and say, it's a game today. It's happening. <laughs> <Exactly>. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game. It's happening today. That was the Let's best and skin ritual for a short amount of By time. By the way, I miss that. his love of golf is, is really just a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a, it's it's really a, he loves golf too much man he loves you golf too love much golf too much he just doesn't respond to text messages anymore i never see him and i was talking to his cousin andy i was like what the hell man what happened to tony he's like tell me about it i never talked to him either all he does is golf <laughs> dude he's he's deciding whether or not he wants to take 10 million dollars or keep playing golf <laughs> he's, he's winning at life he won yeah. he absolutely won so in this article they've got specific examples from a bunch of teams so uh let's run through it the eagles the one that they had for him was the kicker the kicker jake elliott before each game he has a slice of pizza and a slice of cheesecake that's it it seems kind think, of unhealthy, but if you're a kicker, yeah. I guess you don't have to be in great shape. I think kickers can do that. They can fart around with some good carbs and dessert yeah. before a game. But I think it's like little man syndrome because of the Napoleon complex. Kickers mm -hmm. don't really you don't ever you don't really see fat kickers anymore. Yeah. Like they want to be ripped. They, they yeah. want to be in pretty good shape, right? I miss the like days of fat kickers with half a foot. Shout out Randy yeah, Bullock. That was great. Jack Dempsey or yeah, was, yeah. half a foot. Uh, what about the fat kicker with one foot because diabetes got to him? Um, that's ambient noise you're hearing here Kevin. in Pluckers. Hmm. Chris Thompson of the Redskins, he, for breakfast, he has to have whipped cream. What? Uh, <laughs> I respect <laughs> it, dude. It's a little waffles. Kids, get in here. There's some whipped cream. Let, me, let me take this as the fattest guy here. Let me take this. <laughs> yeah, tell me cream. more, Kevin. Well, no, just waffles, blueberries, raspberries, and then he has to have whipped cream. But he said there's one specific example at a hotel they were like, we don't have any whipped cream, and he said it threw off his whole vibe, but he didn't have a good game. Wow. Okay, so, look, if whipped cream is not ridiculous if you think about it in this context. No. What do you put on waffles and pancakes? Syrup. Syrup. It's straight sugar. Syrup. It's yeah. straight sugar. Uh, and so I think having a little whipped cream in your coffee or on your pancakes, yep. it's just taking it to the next level. It may, it may scare you a little bit if you don't have strong. I mean, if you're scared to think outside the box with your pancake game. Yep. But I'm just saying it's quite delightful. Ben, you've always said that whipped cream is the only sex toy you'll incorporate into a meal. <laughs> I've never I've never once that's said your that best, out loud. That's your finest thing. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time 
I heard Ben say no, that. No, that was something that the fan account tweeted about Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that happen? Why do you miss work because of that? <laughs> it's so crazy. Devontae Adams of it's the personal Packers. personal day for a reason. Aside from stretching out his toe, he says that he eats the same thing before every game, a salmon salad with cucumber, shredded cheese, and ranch. Boring. Gay. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings, Harrison Smith, he heats up his pregame meal, but he takes it with a shot of Tabasco. Oh. Wait, say oh. it again. What oh, yeah, do? yeah. So it's like uh, the whole idea of, uh, like, wasabi. You know uh-huh. how wasabi kind of wakes you up a little bit, like a smelling yeah. salt? Yeah. So a shot of Tabasco, was it like uh, waking up his senses? So he says he has a cup of uh, coffee, half, up. half of a plain bagel, and a shot of Tabasco. He said this is only for the noon games. Okay. Okay, and they play a lot of noon games. Yep. He said, it wakes me up. I can't have coffee too much or I'll cramp up, but the hot sauce is mandatory. He cramps up with coffee, huh? I guess coffee can dehydrate coffee, you. Yeah, coffee's like drinking like Coke for you. Yeah. Yeah. The other day I was uh, wondering if what percentage of my sweat was coffee. Okay, no, yeah. that, you know, my wife has often said, would you mind mixing in some water with your coffee and beer just occasionally? <laughs> just have a little bit of water. Is that okay? <laughs> I'm like, I drink so much coffee. Yeah. Especially now since we've moved to this day part, I'm li- basically living on coffee alone. Can somebody go get me a coffee right now? <laughs> Ron Rivera of the Panthers has a homemade cookie before every home game because okay. his wife cooks it now i saw this on uh, all or nothing there was a big thing on her making cookies all the time so huh. she's a pretty good uh, wife it would seem um says the saints d lineman they kind of do the cowboys thing the saints d lineman go to a restaurant every thursday night um but they they were uh, doing things i'm sure they would be going to a pluckers if they if they had that yeah. opportunity do the cowboys offensive lineman go get a thursday night meal yep uh, let's see. The Cardinals. It says a last-minute wardrobe change for a Cardinals starter. Um, so, basically, the left tackle doesn't start getting dressed until 15 minutes before the game. What? That seems real weird, right? What do you mean? Just put on his uniform like he's got some warm-up gear that he's wearing and farting around until... It says it takes him two minutes to put on his knee brace, and he needs seven to eight minutes to get fully dressed. But he always does it 15 minutes before kickoff. The the right guard had a comment that says it stresses me out because I don't think he's gonna get it. I don't think he's gonna get dressed on time. Yeah, I mean he's it's a ritual, so he's clearly getting dressed in time. John Johnson is a safety for the Rams. Here's what he does before every game. He takes a long bath. Really, fifteen and thirty minutes at the facility to some Meek Mill, Future, and Drake. Um, he says at home games he does it at the team hotel. Away games it's a little challenging because. Some of the hotel rooms don't have a tub. Oh, so he's yeah. got to go out and find a tub. Wow. You know? Where do you just find a tub in just some random city? Got to go to a spa, man. Right? They have those there? In random cities? No, tubs. I mean, do spas have tubs? I'm sure they do. Okay. Right? Crockett What's the tubs. point of going to a spa if they don't have everything that you would need in the bathroom? I don't know that I've ever been I mean, to a spa, so I don't, I don't know. know. I agree, I guess. Um... George Kittle gets a, a, a homemade, home, handwritten letter from his dad before every game. That sounds exhausting. That seems real weird, actually. Yeah, that seems wait, strange. Wait, a handwritten letter yeah. from his dad every game? Yeah, Bruce. That's pretty cool, though, man. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty awesome tradition. If you want to stay grounded and, and remember where you came from and what it's all about. I just think that's his dad's way of ensuring that he'll get to go to all the road games. It says uh, <laughs> he reads that, and then he headbutts a wall on the way to the field. I'm oh, sorry. What? So th- 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 okay, what? this is my NFL CTE problem. <laughs> go watch 
<laughs> any touchdown that happens, and you're going to see someone run up to the player that just scored and headbutt him right in the dude, head. Dude, saw that college like, dude, highlight stop. a couple weeks ago. Did you guys see this? So during the New England-Buffalo game, Josh Allen took a horrible shot to the head, got up, he went to the sideline, and before he went into the t uh, tent, a teammate came up from behind and slapped him on the back of the helmet to tell him good job. God. I swear to God, I'm like, what is that moron doing? He the, left uh, the game for a concussion, and some guy just smacked him on the back of the helmet. Good job, bro, with his giant football <laughs> paw. It was Rutgers is the one I was thinking of. It was the Rutgers center, and he went and smacked the uh, quarterback, uh, Arthur Sitkowski, in the helmet during a celebration. Did you guys see this? I didn't. Okay, I'll find I'll find the video for you. Dude, he almost knocked the guy's head completely <laughs> off. It's like, guys, relax with your caveman headbutting. It doesn't yeah. need to happen all the and time. And, dude, doesn't the, the NFL need to get in there and put some padded walls and anything that they're going to be headbutting? Honestly, they do. <laughs> Honestly. I would think so. Pull the old Gus Farratt and ram your head into the wall. Oh, I forgot um, about that. For the Steelers, two guys, David DeCastro and Alejandro Villanueva, what they do is they, and this is their routine, it's not really superstition, but they go to work together so they get, so they beat traffic. <laughs> they go in the HOV lane. They drive to work together so they can utilize the HOV lane. God, that is insane. <laughs> we just Can't got distracted by this Rutgers play. Punched him right in the head. And then the coach got fired. Oh. <laughs> he almost decapitated his quarterback. I mean, why do, you, why do you punch the quarterback? First of all, he's your quarterback. He wears like a red mesh jersey over his jersey at practice so you don't hit him. Now you're punching him in the face. You're going to break your snap. He's the center. You're breaking the hand you snap the ball with. And so you're punching a helmet. So many cavemen just running around doing caveman yeah. stuff. Those are your NFL superstitions and an article that was much better. I think the Cowboys have the number one superstition. Yeah, that's now. great. We're going to win it all this Agreed. year. Touchdown. Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. We are here at the Pluckers in Addison. Would love it if you made it out. Great Tolo representation today. Buddy Skip is here. I see Anthony. I see old Walt over there. We got a really good crew. Uh, here's what we got coming up, though. Every Thursday when we're at a different Pluckers, we get you ready for the Sunday Cowboy game with a little something KT has prepared called the Kevin Turner Packers Cowboys Red Band Trailer Preview. And we've got it next for you right here on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.